Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, happy Tuesday, October 3, 2023. Uh, welcome to, oh, look, it's 11-11. Uh, we are 11 minutes late and 11 seconds. Is that right? No, it's 11 o'clock and 11 minutes. Sorry about that. It's probably the seconds, too. Anyway, welcome to the broadcast. We're going to bring on Donna uh, Clement uh, Petruska in just a few minutes. I, hate, I always forget to ask her, how do I say Petruska? I think it's Petruska, but she can fix that if, if I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, we're really excited to bring her on. Uh, sorry, I missed you the last couple of days. I had a, qu- a quick getaway, Doreen and I, with our three kids and their spouses. We were also our kids and then our five grandchildren. So 13 of us were have, got, got away and went to Sun River, went, went, got an Airbnb. We all hung out. We had as many scooters as we could afford, but everyone brought, almost everybody brought the electric scooters. And Dre and I just bought ours and we practiced it uh, 10 minutes last week to make sure we could stand up on it. And they loaded it up and and then we unloaded it in uh, Sun River and had a, they got these great uh, paved trails. So you can kind of go at a pretty fast pace and everybody's together. It was a blast. I didn't, you know, I'm 68 years old. It's the first time I've ever ridden a scooter. So it was fun. Uh, Nana and Poppy, that's Doreen and me, are, had fun um, discovering that we could still do that along with the rest of the kids and keep up. And it was just very, very fun. So I, I think there was a shot that kind of had some of us from a distance. And I try not to do a whole lot of close-ups because some of the kids are like privacy, but this, I, there's kind of a distant shot where you see, you see us kind of parked and standing with our scooters. I'm going to show that tomorrow. I should have done it today, but yeah, I just tried to be careful on the, on the privacy aspect of the kids because not everybody wants their picture um, with that many people watching. I understand that. So, all right, we're going to run two quick spots. Uh, there's a quick spot uh, with the advertising, the, the intelligence briefing. I'll be with Robin Bullock. We're going to run that in a second. Uh, we're going to uh, intelligence briefing live. I'll, I'll be flying out there with Tareen to Warrior, Alabama. So I'll be doing the intelligence briefing on the 28th of October. And then David Stacey um, Whited will be hosting. So I'm not quite sure how it all works together, but uh, uh, that's the 28th. It'll be streamed live or you can see us there in Warrior. So uh, did we have we had a video too, right? Emily, so play that video if there is one, and then we'll go into the well spot. We'll go back to back. So here we go. All right. Well, it's time for intelligence briefing with Robin Bullock. So let's bring Robin on. There he is. Well, I wanted to tell you, man, the Elijah stream blesses me. I thank God for it. All of you guys. The war we're in now, we are in a spiritual war, and people need to make no mistake of this thing. We have moved into a time that's only paralleled with the time of the Revolutionary War. doing some stuff, Steve. Every day, people in Africa are faced with an impossible decision. Dirty water or no water at all. No one should have to make that choice. Together, we can help. 
by providing clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. And there you go. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support of this ministry. By the way, when we played that clip, the first clip where Rob and I were talking, the clock behind me on that scene, which was a year or two ago, probably on that, what they put that scene from, it also said 11, 11 on the clock. That was pretty interesting today. Uh, so who knows? That's a pretty prophetic number. So, all right, time to bring in Donay. So here we go with uh, Donay Clement Petruska. I always forget how to say your last name. Is it Petruska? That's right. You said it perfect. All right. Uh, when I first met my husband, I couldn't pronounce his last name, and I was trying to find him, and I called his work, and I had just met him, and I was so nervous just to call, and then I couldn't pronounce his last name. Little did I know it would be my last name. Wow. Hey, you, you know what? Correctly. I was, uh, you know, I mentioned the scooters and we were talking about offline, you and I, before we got going, but you and your dad had a scooter, but it was a different kind of a scooter. It was a motorized scooter that you guys were on and you were starting to tell me, you didn't quite finish the story, but there was an accident, but then it led into something. So talk about that. Just tell people a little bit about that well, story. You know what? It's strange also because of the eleven eleven thing. Dad and I always had a thing about eleven eleven. Really? So that being the time today, I had already thought was quite significant. And then you noticed it um, on the clip of, of Robin that it also said 1111, your little clock there behind you. So there's quite a few parallels going on today because then you just said you were just, was it this past weekend? Yeah, yeah. Well, this past weekend was my dad's birthday on Saturday. So it would wow. have been his 67th birthday. So close in age too then. Yeah. Um, and and so yes, the the scooter he was was riding on when he broke his wrists. So it was like a traditional scooter, but it had brakes yeah. and it had um, a red kill switch, so you could turn the, the motor off. And it had a little motor on the back, uh, and it could propel it to about twenty five miles an hour, so not too fast. And uh, we were it was nineteen ninety three, and we had just moved to Dallas from South Africa. And dad and I were racing each other on the on these motorized scooters. And we were going through the neighborhood and uh, we were talking about how my dad, you know, he was a very bold and daring person, but not too extreme. Like he wasn't a bungee jumper, you know, yeah. high dive kind of person. He didn't like heights. Yeah. He liked competition and he liked to go fast. He loved little cars. Uh, so he would have it. We would have like our family car, but my dad always liked to have a little car on the side, like a little Mini Cooper or a mm. Volkswagen truck, because he liked those little cars to whip around fast. So he liked to go fast. That yeah. was. Um, and he, uh, the, the motorized scooter that we were racing each other on, it, it malfunctioned, and he the brakes wouldn't work. He was driving down our driveway toward the house. He was beating me. I was behind him, and. There was uh, an RV parked in the in the driveway, and so he was heading straight for it, and he couldn't get the brakes to work, and he hit the red button that was supposed to kill the motor, and that didn't work. And so, really, it was demonic. That whole attack was a demonic attack. We, I knew it immediately looking because I was witnessing what was happening. 
and he had to stick his leg out and jump off of it to avoid going straight into the RV that was parked there. And when he landed, he landed on his wrists this way. Oh, man. He played the piano, you remember. Both wrists were completely, the bones were all broken, detached. The only thing holding the hand to the arm on both sides was the tendons, muscles, and the skin. The, the bones were completely broken. He ended up having to have major, major surgery on both hands. He had both arms and casts. Um, and they had to put pins and screws in, in him. And they told him he would never, ever play the piano again the way he did. That he would never be able to do this with his hands again and things like that. And I mean, I watched him play that piano in pain as he healed because he had the casts. Once they took the casts off, he was already at that piano and it was agony for him to play. But he was so determined that he was not going to allow that that was spoken over him to 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 be the truth in his life and to come to pass. So he defied it and sat there and played the piano. And he ended up playing better after that. Did he really? And so... Uh, but during the course of that, him breaking his wrists like that, he uh, died. Well, almost almost died in the in the hospital a few times because he had an allergic reaction to something they gave him the medications they were having to give him for the wrists and all that, and he had an, a reaction and almost died. And it was like a super serious the one night. And in the course of all of this, he had a series of incredible visions. And, you know, my dad wasn't a person who, you know, he could control his emotions pretty well. He wouldn't just cry, you know. And I I remember him telling my mother about what he'd experienced and he actually broke down crying. And I walked in the room as, he, as that happened and he sort of it made him laugh because I guess I must have looked surprised because he never cried like that. So it was a very intense thing. And this is where he saw visions of this generation of people who don't look the part. They were covered in tattoos and piercings and strange colored hair. They were rough. Uh, but God was going to use them. And he called them the warriors of the new millennium. Now, at that time, this was the early 90s. He was talking about the Gen Xers, may, mainly that generation, which did end up being a tattooed sort of. Yeah, rough yeah it was. Generation. And then you compare the millennials and the, the others, uh, you know, to that. And it's, you can see the difference between the generation. So there's a unique thing. And I am part of that generation. And it was out of that that he saw. First of all, his prophetic gift was propelled from there. So he did a lot more personal things, but not as many like world leader, international, like huge prophecies that he ended up getting. And it was from there that he was sort of catapulted into this next phase of his prophetic gift. And he grew in it so much. And that was it was after that. So it was about three years later, he prophesied 9-11 in 1996. And that was at the Gathering of the Dangerous, which was an event he put together um, in Dearborn, Michigan. And he ministered and worked in Dearborn, Michigan for a very long time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that in itself is prophetic. You know, I often tell people where God sent him is just as important. Like the fact that in 2014, he was prophesying about Ukraine and then went to Ukraine. And how, you know, back then, 2014, we knew what was going on in Ukraine, but it wasn't like it is now. And the way it's, you know, just the fact that he, God sent him there is meaningful. And so in 1996, from Dearborn, Michigan, he prophesied 9-11. And it was after that, it was just, it just grew and grew and grew in him. And, you know, the, then once he went online, having people pray with him while live, 
because he was live on the internet. He wasn't, he was going live from the website. He was totally one of the first to yes. really stream it. Social media before MySpace. <laughs> my dad went online because of my mother, but went on the internet live. And when that happened, you had people all over the world live. So it, it's not later on or anything praying at the same time while he was prophesying. And if you ever watch footage of my dad, you'll see him often encouraging the people around him to pray. Like people would start to be observing more because what you're seeing is so surprising. But he would say, no, no, pray, 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 pray. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing that because it helped him. Because in that unity, there's, a, you know, how when two or more are gathered, God is in the midst of them. So, so think about not only the number of people that were watching him, which was in the hundreds of thousands live, but they weren't just in America, they were all over the world. So you had this thing happening, this little prophetic thing happening globally every week. Yeah. Everybody came together to pray and then he would prophesy. And it was in that unity that that gift just exploded. And that we have now, even though he's not even with us anymore, we have all of these prophecies that at the time, some of it made sense, a lot of it didn't. Uh, you know, dad was doing code breakers with Sunil and they were trying to make sense. Oh, sense. Yeah. It was too early then, you know, they were catching it, but they were just getting little bits of it. Now that we've moved through time to where we are now, those prophecies have so much more meaning, so much more than my dad could ever have calculated or figured out. It's mm -hmm. so obviously from God. And it is such a great example of a, of a, of a prophet of a new testament yeah. and we have to be part of that elijah we weren't elijah streams yet we were the elijah list and we did have a a, a little tiny studio in 2005 uh, your dad came and inaugurated it so to speak he was our very first guest my very first guest is this little it was a little garage that we built into the studio it was actually a garage at a place of business business if that makes any sense a very old place where you could have a garage Right. And so we did that and he and he was and he would I don't know, I might have said something like, Well, I don't know, this isn't much. I may have said something like that. And he said, Steve, if you could see what I see, you you know, you have no idea. And I don't remember the exact words, but I knew what he was saying, that this is somehow gonna be much bigger. Well, that's like eighteen years ago. Eighteen years ago. I know, crazy. But then I remember we walked through with him. Because we had the uh, benefit of being a great promotional arm. The Elijah List is really what it was. It wasn't the streams. And so, but we had, you know, at that time, and it's still around 300,000 that'll watch it. And so we had a deal going. We gave him a really good deal just to, because we love Kim. No one ever got the price Kim did. And he didn't get it because he asked for it. He got it because we gave it to him. We just gave it to him. But anyway... Uh, I think we only charged like a third or something of what everyone else. I else remember said. that. Yes. You remember that? I don't even know if I don't even I didn't even know at the time if he knew we were giving him a deal. We just did it, you know, and but every Friday afternoon, he was the last minute or the team was or something. And so we would all scramble on Friday afternoon to get the ad ad to go out for the show on Saturday. So, you know, we lived through that. And enjoyed it very much until the time when he suddenly was disabled right after a show, I think, wasn't it? It was two days after. So he did a broadcast on, it was September 5th okay. of 2015 was the last time he did a broadcast. And it was the last time he prophesied. And um, then it was, it was, sorry, September 7th, uh, which was Labor Day that year of 2015. 
that he had the first of four strokes. Wow. And we didn't know at first why he was having the strokes. We thought it was high blood pressure because it was a brain hemorrhaging that was happening. Yeah. We found out later he had a soft tissue brain tumor that was not easy to see in the scans. And only by the third stroke, third or fourth stroke, they had to actually remove a piece of his skull to allow for brain swelling. They do that and then they'll put yeah. it back they, or they create a metal one, which was what they did for him. But uh, when they did that, that's when they were able to see, no, the, the bleeding is coming from a, a tumor. Wow. wow. Such an unusual. The whole thing was so unusual. Did they determine, by the way, and we're going to get in the content here in a minute, did they determine that his original brain bleed, which is what they thought it was, a brain, did, was that that was it? Was that the cause then? Was the was this the tumor? That was and we asked them, you know, how long did he have this brain tumor? And by calculating the rate of growth, because the kind of such an unusual cancer, he shouldn't have had it in the brain. They, they don't have record of uh, maybe there's 50 people ever who've had it primary in the brain. It's called a spindle cell sarcoma. Really? And it's a very fast. It, it, it's very um, aggressive. So it grows yeah. very quickly. So they were able to calculate the rate of growth to how, okay, how big is it? And so how, how long would it have taken? And they said around January of 2015, it began growing. So prior to that, he had, and there was no history of cancer in the family. It was a very unusual mm. uh, thing, the way it happened and how long it took for them to figure out what was wrong with him. Um, but unfortunately, it because of where the hemorrhaging happened in his brain, it was right around this area, which is called the Broca's hmm. region of your brain. It controls uh, your speech, not what you hear, but what you say. So you can think okay. of the word in your head, but the signal that tells your mouth how to move to say words, that's what was damaged. And it was wow. just simply from blood, anywhere blood touches in the brain. Um, so well, he could be processing, he could be processing all kinds of things, even prophetically, but wouldn't be unable to voice it. Couldn't. Now, after the first stroke, he could, but it was just, he, he had lost certain words. But then when he had the second stroke, he could not speak anymore. And he never spoke again. Was yes. he able to write either? Any notes no. either? It all went away. Okay. No, it went away because another part of his brain that was damaged, uh, it, it, the result is called apraxia. People can have apraxia of speech or broad apraxia. And that affects their ability to actually write anything down. Oh, wow. And there was one point where uh, there was a, 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 a therapist working with him, an occupational therapist and a speech yeah. therapist. And um, they were trying to see if he could write anything. And all he wrote was Jesus. That's all really? he could write. Yeah. The, and he was sitting at the in, at the desk in his room just writing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Really? Isn't that interesting? The one thing. Hey, uh, one last question. Did did you and your dad, you said you both had 11 11s. Did, was, did you ever come up with a meaning or was it just a, a decoder? No, it was the 311 thing as well because of. I remember uh, that one. Yeah. The 311 thing. But at the same time, we just always noticed 11 11 and, and significant things would happen at that time. So. Really, it was just an observation, but yeah. he felt it was a good thing. He always yeah. did. It wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. 11-11, make a wish. Um, so it just sort of is kind of inherently in us to notice all those ones yeah. together. It's I loved it. And I was there, at least. I, I saw. I was there when he prophesied at 3-11, and I would go every 3-11 the next year, and, and there were some 
thing years when something significant happened, but now I don't remember. But well, listen, you've got some good stuff here. Uh, you've got two videos you're going to share. I'm going to just turn that over to you and see where we go. It'll be fun. Okay. Well, this is what I've done. So I started doing a, a show on Sundays called Code Breakers Live. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And I've been doing it for a number of months now this year, and I didn't know quite what I was going to do, but I go live on YouTube and Rumble on the Kim Clement channels at the same time uh, every Sunday at 3 o'clock Central. And what I'm doing is everybody's coming together and we're looking at prophecies uh, from my dad and we're looking at stuff going on and we're looking at the Bible. Um, and then uh, the cool thing about it is though, everybody can talk to me so they can ask me questions. Oh, and yes. I actually found it to be so like such a relief because there's people, there's sort of questions I'll hear floating around and people will have the wrong information about what he prophesied. And I, I've never really had an outlet to sort of set things straight nice. because you know when we're filming the other stuff, for the network, it's, it's never quite right to just randomly bring up it. So it's been really cool to be able to have people ask me questions and then be able to answer them. And um, it's been such a great sort of fellowship that we're having and coming together to look at this and do the code breaking. Cause I know you understand how the code breaking went. You were very involved back then and you were paying attention. So we're bringing that together like now. And like I said to you before, the things that, kind of didn't make sense before making sense now a lot of things and so we we're coming together every week on a sunday and nice. these prophecies and talking about them so the ones that i brought to you today are the ones that more recently have come up from other people not me so people are bringing these prophecies to my attention and one of them and the first one i'll play for you i'll have her play for you in a minute is um a very weird prophecy that my dad gave where he talked about Isis and Nimrod mm. and he's talking about the Middle East and the East. And this has sort of been my focus and, and what we're focusing on also with the code breakers thing we're doing is um, there were some, you know, some odd things he prophesied about. Now, something that I've been doing over, this is going back now also to the mid 2000s, I was going to school and I was studying all kinds of things. And I was taking classes on philosophy mm. of ancient cultures and, and learning about ancient cultures. And through that, I read, uh, we did a whole semester on the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? So, um, you know, at the time I was concerned about what I was seeing. I was hearing about CERN and CERN then comes out a couple of years later. I was so worried we were all going to, they were going to make a black hole and we're all going to get sucked into the black hole. And I was shouting, this is bad. They don't need to be doing this. And it turns out CERN, they're up to no good over there at CERN. It's really weird things. Yeah. Going so what is interesting to me is that my dad prophesied 9-11 in 1996. And in that prophecy, he says, uh, the planes flying over Long Island, and then he sees the planes flying over Long Island, and then he says, the retaliation will not be of my spirit. Right. And so I've always sort of, you know, thought about we, you know, invaded Iraq, which kind of didn't make sense at the time because it was like, why are we invading Iraq if, uh, you know, like Osama bin Laden was a Saudi CIA. Exactly. It never made sense, but we allowed them to convince us that they had weapons of mass destruction, yeah. and which they never apparently had, or, you know, 
But not much. Now, I've spoken to a couple of, of soldiers, and tonight, actually, I'm being interviewed by some veterans. Oh, good. I've never met them before, but they, they want to talk about this subject, too. Uh, this is sort of a buzz right now. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, Dad prophesied this about Iraq. I, we all had that question about that war, you know. But it was like Saddam Hussein was a lunatic, though. So yeah. it was like, you know, there was some weird. So I ended up finding out more recently, in, in more recent years, about, and this is going back to the Epic of Gilgamesh, because remember, I studied it. And I started to hear people saying things like, Nimrod is Gilgamesh, is Osiris. And sort of what the, what the idea there is, is that this, this character that different ancient cultures uh, memorialized and remembered and wrote about, and it's, even in the Bible, there's Nimrod, um, uh, is the same person. And if you look at the story, and that's again why I bring this up, because I studied a whole semester just the Epic of Gilgamesh, a demigod, and then it's a whole legend and, and, and his mm. quest to uh, overcome death. And that's what the whole story is about. And so we invaded Iraq, right? So something I heard about was that there were German archaeologists who were uh, excavating in an area of the Euphrates River that had not dried up, but was dried up because Saddam Hussein was damming off sections of the Euphrates River because, you know, all the different countries that share the river. Yeah. They had their agreements with Turkey and Syria and whatever, and he was damming off sections of the Euphrates for water um, to go into Iraq and stuff. And they had their deals, whatever was going on. But because of that, a certain section of the Euphrates no longer was covered with water. And this area, the archaeologists and historians and people who know, knew this was where, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, it says he was buried. So some German archaeologists go and they start burying, I mean, start, start burying, start excavating this area. And they find a, um, a, a, a supposedly, now this is rumor. I, I don't have proof of this. This is what people are saying. Yeah. So they found something. They found a, a tomb. And then, you know, years pass and the Hillary Clinton email thing happened and all her emails got made public, like 30,000 or more emails the ones she didn't destroy were made public. And within those emails is an email from the Department of Defense to Hillary Clinton requesting information about the resurrection chamber in Iraq and the Nephilim in Afghanistan. Really? Wow. So I went and I looked it up. It's there. It's in the emails. So this is strange to me. Now I'm thinking now the official Department of Defense is asking her, and this is what ignited this in me again, so now I'm just independently thinking about these things. I brought it up, but we did a whole show on conspiracy theories and I brought it up and we had a whole show. We just said, you know what? We're just going to do all conspiracy theories. We're just going to talk about all of them. We're just going to, they're going to call us conspiracy theorists. Let's be it. So we went and we looked at all these yeah. sort of strange things, you know, some of the weird things my dad, died. Um, you know, he got a name, Sugar Lair, and he was going on about them in relation to terrorism and mm. terror organization that would clothe themselves in a maroon color and there would be a triangle and a diamond symbol and I mean he saw quite a bit about this and I'm, I'm seeing there's something going on here we should be paying attention to these things because that's odd and not in his character to even discuss that kind of yeah. thing um, so I've told you the story about Gilgamesh and the resurrection chamber and this stuff because it most recently has come up again and people some people wonder if 
you know, if you look at the Tower of Babel as being an actual building or perhaps something that, you know, because there was some knowledge carried over after the flood, there were still giants lingering around that hadn't been, you know, destroyed. Because, you know, if you've read the Book of Enoch, you know all about the Watchers and Mount Hermon, and they went up on Mount Hermon, and then they lay with the women of earth and made these giants. And then you you, you read about them in the Bible. David slayed the giant. He slayed Goliath. And then my dad was prophesying about giants, not literally, but he was saying, he referenced the giants. So there's this, this sort of motif that's going on here behind the scenes. So it's not as direct as Trump will be a trumpet and things like that. It's more hidden that would require more code breaking. And uh, so other people picked up on this particular prophecy I want to play for you now, where my dad actually says the name Nimrod, which is I found to be so interesting. Because if you were to look at it in connection with if Nimrod, just sort of, I may be wrong, but if Nimrod and Gilgamesh are the same character, Hmm. historically we've learned about them separately and they were given different names. And we know Nimrod uh, and what happened at the Tower of Babel and the separating of languages, which is so important because if you look at our society right now, Maybe we speak English in America, but people are not speaking the same language. So there's so many parallels. And I think about as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man returns. And so it's sort of a loose observation. So we're not like tied in saying concrete, this is what this means. We're observing it and saying, okay, what is God showing us here? Because he prophesied it through my dad and it's worthy of note. And just independently, not even knowing about that prophecy, I've been looking at this information because that's strange. And I didn't, I'd forgotten he even prophesied this. I don't think I ever even saw it before. So these, it started making the rounds on Twitter, which is how I got invited to go and speak to these guys at Alphabet tonight. Alphabets is what they're called, I think. Uh, again, I haven't met them. I'm going to go speak to them. And so um, let's play, play the prophecy. It's the Nimrod prophecy. It should be the first one on the list I sent you guys. Have a look at what he said here because it's really interesting. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now they are foes. Isis, Isis is not an Islamic state. It is a god that was worshipped centuries and millennia ago. Starting with Nimrod, that same spirit has rested upon the east. Middle East and is knocking at your door. But you have acknowledged me as the Lord God of your nation. Wow. Wow. So what we have here is we're looking at Russia, China, Middle East. They're coming together, and this is other stuff my dad prophesied too, about the BRICS nations. Putin and four others writing things down is how he saw it. And they're creating a, a, their own currency, and it's, it's all against the West and against America, hmm. yeah. against Christianity really, because if you see the things going on, the persecution of Christians has really gotten out of control. But what's concerning is it's, it's so out of control here. 
And it was so eerie the way the warning came out of my dad. Like, this is no joke. Yeah, uh, that sudden intensity hit him right there, obviously. I'd never seen this clip before. And that you could tell he was like, God's saying, listen to this, you know. It's an ancient spirit. So now we're going from, okay, physic in the, in the material and physical world, we know what's happening. We've got China and Russia and Iran and all these problems, and this is what's going on. We know the whole story. Yeah. If you look in the Bible, we see Revelation 13. It says, when the Euphrates, River, the Euphrates River dries up so that the armies of the East can march upon the West. So it does seem to be that time. If you look at what's going on with Israel, if you look at the things going on in Saudi Arabia, it starts to, to, to line up in this time right now. And it's, it's, you know, worthy of note. And so when we're looking at, okay, that's what's happening in the material world, but there's a spiritual realm. And this is where... We as Christians, this is our responsibility here because those who can't see that and aren't aware, you know, we're first of all responsible to spread the gospel to them, but also we are, there's, there's a, a level of responsibility here on the spiritual level that we as Christians need to come together because it's getting down to it. And so when I hear a prophecy like that, and you know, no matter what the situation is with resurrection chambers in Iraq, it's interesting. But I think that there's a spiritual uh, side to this and a prophetic side to it because we have to be aware of what does the Bible say, not just for the morality side of it, but the events that were prophesied there. Because a lot of what my dad was prophesying without him even realizing it, he was indicating this is the time for these things. Mm. So we've moved into, that's why you see my mother looking at the eschatology at the eschatology. It's not sort of, it's not in a hopeless way, like, oh, Jesus is coming back. We'll be okay. He's, you know, we're going to tell you the date. You can't do that. But we do see that we've taken some steps closer. You know, Israel became a nation. All those things happened. Yeah. And then we see this with the Euphrates River. And we see the armies of the, of the East marching upon the West. So, and then we hear these things about Nimrod who is Gilgamesh and all the things going on in the Middle East there. And so we have a responsibility to be aware of that. And, to and can I, let me just ask you a question on that Nimrod, because obviously behind every either God or evil leader, by either uh, a, a man by the name of Nimrod or a spirit by the name of Nimrod, which is obviously either a principality or a power or a ruler, it's whose, whose name and function is Nimrod. And I, I think that's what you're saying. It's like a god, uh, not an actual god, but a pretend a, a demon, a principality. Yeah. You know, well, we're seeing this manifestation of yeah. It's it's a it's a it's not subtle. It's right. anywhere you go within media, your awards shows, your concerts, your movies, all of it has become uh, in a very short period of time considerably darker. It, yeah. it's it's, it's you true. know the manifestation of evil has is is obvious it's not something that where you might encounter it as a christian being aware of this kind of thing you know there was a normal way that things were and it's gone out of control so we see in the physical world but also so also in the spiritual realm we're seeing this happen and so the awareness of it is very important as a first step. So if you were to have a call to action for people, yeah. like, what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, why are you talking to, to, me, to us about this? It's because 
And I don't exactly know why, but yet, but we need to pay attention to those things because the spiritual side of this is what is going to help us win this battle. Because I remember my dad prophesying, God says, am I impressed with your weapons of war? Am I impressed with the strength of your men's legs? So it's not a war in the way we've ever had war. This is, dad prophesied there, there's a nation itching for a new kind of war with America. And he prophesied about the self-infliction upon the soul of America. And this is what we see now. It wasn't happening when he prophesied it, but now we see it. And so if, if we are looking at prophecy, there's a purpose to it. God isn't just going to tell us stuff so that we'll be impressed. It's, it's to guide us through the time. And so I feel such an urgency right now. And this is why I think other people are seeing it too. It's not just me. The people, yeah. they posted that, they found that prophecy. They posted that prophecy. And coincidentally, or not coincidentally, I believe in coincidence, but I'm also, don't even know who these guys are over here talking about the same thing. You're, uh, these, you're saying these vets that want you, and that's who, who's talking about it, and you're you're going, have you met these guys, and they're talking about the same thing as spirit? These are, I'm sure, I'm believe. talking about it independently on my show. Yeah. Yeah. So when they invited me, I, I said, well, absolutely, yes, I'm going to come talk to the veterans, because I'm hearing all kinds of stories coming from the soldiers about things that were going on in the Middle East that are of a supernatural nature. By the way, I'm going to uh, just uh, parenthetically, I'll throw this in because, you know, there's there's understandings and big picture things we have in our head that we've always been taught. Uh, and then then comes along Kim and he starts prophesying about this ISIS and Nimrod or as he said, well, then uh, we were on the Sea of Galilee with um, Robin Bullock and Robin Bullock starts talking about Jesus came in, in, in the region of Galilee, which was called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Psalms 23, though I walked the Valley of the Shadow of Death, that was the Valley of um, Naf uh, uh, Naphtali is one of them. Zeb uh, not Zebulun, but uh, in the land of Zebulun. Maybe it was Zebulun and Naphtali. Uh, a great light has come. Uh, those who walk in the Valley of the Shadow of Death, a great light has come. Okay, so Jesus is walking in what is known the valley of the shadow of death. That was his ministry place. And Robert begins to talk about all these principalities Jesus took on that have been hanging around for a millennium, including he dates it back to, I don't and he's just kind of throwing this out to 300 of us on the Sea of Galilee. He's telling about this. And then he went and did this. You'll have to get a hold of that. I don't know if anyone's got a recording of that. Oh, I want to see. I I, I should just. I, I have his. I have his contact. I should. Yeah, he. Him. Yeah, you probably. He probably would tell you, but I've never heard heard him speak on that again. He probably has. I just. Someone you know. told me he had also said something about Gilgamesh. I think I will. Oh, him. okay. Maybe he did. Maybe okay. it was then. At the eleventh hour. That's the name of Robin's. Yeah, the eleventh hour. Eleventh hour. That's right. Because there's the eleventh. Um, very interesting. Yes, because he. I heard he said something about this too. And you were talking about Nimrod. Now, Nimrod was an actual person um, in the in the Bible. He was yeah. the king. Yeah. But uh, what I think what my dad was talking about is what you said, is this, the principality and the powers, those spirits, ancient things. Uh, and you think regionally in the Middle East that we we do need to be prepared to deal with some of these more intense, more ancient things. Because if when we had a terrorist organization pop up called ISIS, 
look at what they did. I mean, they were beheading Christians. Yeah, they were. Yes, they were. And I remember seeing that video for the first time and I didn't know that's what I was going to watch. I was new to video on the phone at all. And I clicked a news thing. I didn't know what ISIS was. I didn't know anything. I was at home. And when I saw the video, I, I'm thinking, oh, this is a news video. I, you know, I, I'm not thinking I'm going to see anything. And when they actually did that, I threw my phone. The horror. and the, oh. the, the, Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. I know. I, I had the opportunity. I knew it looked like they were going to show it. And I just put that away from my eyes. There's no way I want that going into my soul and spirit. So I never saw it. But yeah, you didn't know it was coming. These are ancient things. Yeah. If you think about the, the Baal worship, if you think about, we hear about what, just look at abortion. And if you go back and you look at what, it's always the innocence that's taken. And what the, the planned parenthood and these people that give the abortions what are they doing with the remains of these children? They're selling organs. They're using things. It's been used and abused. That's what my dad, when he prophesied about, he was prophesying about abortion, but it was more broad. And he said, the hearts of once compassionate women have cooked their own children and their children have become food for them. So then you hear, you know, the more darker rumors that we don't know for sure about, but about some of these elites and the things that they're they're doing. Well, they're doing cannibalism. They're eating body parts. They're they're drinking blood. They're doing those things. That's Moloch and Baal worship yeah. is what that is, and that's yeah. um, even in in if you go into South America and you look at their histories, the Mayans and the, the sacrifices they would do, they were sacrificing babies. Um, so that is a that is an ancient spirit governing people to such madness because think about how crazy it would have to be to to how do you get to that place where you're you're saying it's okay for me to engage in this that is a complete demonic control of a person well and you know i've and you may have seen laura logan uh, she's been on 60 minutes a lot and she's been on our show once but she, not on our show, but uh, I was watching this last week and she said she was interviewing someone about how could they sacrifice? How could this happen? How yes. could people come to that point? And she said, the person I was asking this question, who was an expert in that area, said, you're asking the wrong question. Your premise is all wrong. The premise is some people, these people hate God. They hate him with an unholy passion. And the closest thing on this earth to actually touching God is a little innocent baby who's never done anything, anything. And so they are wanting to, to poke God over and over and over in a place that will hurt God the most. And every time they torture a baby, they're, they're doing this to God. That's, that was the premise. It wasn't that, well, how did you get so bad you could do this? They, these babies are nothing to them except a means to punish God. And yeah. then that's what they tell the mothers. They say, oh, it's not a baby. It's just a clump of cells. Mm. I mean, all of that is straight from the mouth of the devil. Yeah. That is what the devil wants us to think of ourselves. He does not want us to know how powerful we are. Yeah. When, I'm, when I'm talking about these things, I'm not doing it to frighten people. I'm doing it to encourage you as Christians. You do have the power through Christ to overcome these things. 
And especially if we are together in that, if we are unified in that, um, the unity in Christ is the only way that real true unity can actually happen. Because when you see people trying to, to do that without God, you end up with communism and things like that. And so uh, they can't find their way without him. And that's why we see so much chaos. Look at the, look at what's going on with the, the whole trans things and people not knowing what gender they are and people not knowing, um, you know, and it's disrupting all of the things that are foundational for us. Yeah. And the enemy would love nothing more than that's for us to think we're nothing but a clump of Well, cells. exactly. They want to dehumanize us and make us dehumanize our fellow man. Then he's got nothing. I'm looking at the clock. I want to make sure we get the second video in. Oh, yes, uh, so, so let's go ahead and uh, set go ahead and play that. that one. Yes, this is good. Yeah. Go ahead and set that one. Oh, you, should we just play it? You can just play it. Yeah. Okay, so here goes the second one. We are at present dealing with a beast from the east. We are at present dealing with a force that wants to take the soil of this nation. We are dealing with a spirit that wants to take the freedom of religion away from you so that you cannot say the name of Christ without paying a price. This force is at hand, says the Lord. This force is at hand. However, I have spoken it and am waiting for those who would respond and say, even though they are present, even though they are advancing, God has spoken a word that the same angel that led Daniel and the same angel that fought in the heavenlies to overcome the beast of the east is presently with the Son of God and the living word fighting and will overcome it. The people must pray according to the perception that is being given to them. Father, I thank you now, and I feel your anointing very strongly. I feel, Lord God, that we are able to hold back, and we are able to bind. You said to Simon Peter, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But you've got to see it. And so, Lord, I see beyond this present crisis. And what is the crisis? China is getting closer. They are trying to, there is a plan. There is a plan to befriend and then suddenly spring a surprise attack. Father, I'm praying that you would deal with it so that Korea, North Korea, will not get away with it, Lord God. So that you will bring to pass what you said and there would be a united Korea. Lord God, this is what's happening. The enemy is doing everything in his power to take away what is rightfully ours and lord even in the economy even though china has so much control over our debt and so much control lord god they act as if they will not do something about it it's not like it was in the time when we thought japan would this is a greater power right now but we're not dealing with a natural power this is not about president who this is about the beast of the east and we know that it is endeavoring to do something and spring a surprise i bide your power right now and lord I release your people now at this very moment to use their faith to pray with me to pray with me Lord because you put me on this fast Lord and you said that as I pray Lord God and as I minister to you the Holy Spirit will speak now speak to us Lord and let this thing be bound and Lord let them be exposed and I give you praise and honor and glory and thanks for that right now in the name of Christ come on let's give him praise so he's not just telling us He's calling for prayer to, to you know, that's what, that's what you were saying earlier. He knew people need to pray, pray. You know, he's got a really, his calling was to call for prayer uh, yeah. as much as it was to prophesy. It was. And it, it also reminds us how important prayer is. We're made to believe that it really is just something nice you do or something, you, you know, yeah. it's, a gesture. it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be a relationship with God where you're talking to him all the time, prayer without ceasing. And so I, I, I would I would encourage everybody watching today. The reason I brought this information to you again is not to frighten you or to even to entertain you. It's to 
call you to action, the urgency yes. on a spiritual level. We can see what's happening in the material world. A lot of it we cannot control. But one thing that we are responsible for in the spiritual realm, especially if we are, are, are aware, is not to turn our heads, not to be complacent, because it, this is, it, it's urgent. And this, yeah. is what, this is why. So I yeah. chose these today to share with you because I've been already talking about it on Sundays at Codebreakers Live. We've been looking at these. And so I thought, you know what? I'm bringing it over to Elijah's streams because everybody yeah. needs to understand. It's a very yeah. simple thing. I'm asking everybody to just be aware on a spiritual level. So that means pray more. Uh, you know, you, you need to be covered in the armor of God. You need to be protected because the spiritual level of this, um, you know, um, just in what we just heard him say, what is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Yeah. It's the same concept going on here. And so we must be super duper aware of that right now because, you know, we're, we're all doing what we can yeah. uh, in the physical realm, in the world, you know, whatever we can do for that. But there's that spiritual we cannot forget. And uh, and again, as Christians, we are responsible. Um, you yeah. know. You know, he, he inserted there towards the end. He told us this heavy-duty stuff, kind of like all the stuff we're talking about this whole show, all this Nimrod, Spirit of Nimrod, Gilgamesh, all these different ones. We're, we, we need to be aware that they're still trying to come in and wreck, wreak havoc on this earth and against God and against our children. And then he slips in there. God's got, got this, but we have to pray. It's like, which is it? It's both and. You got to understand what it is. You got to understand that God's got this, but at the same time, in order for God to get this, pray. It's like pray, pray, pray. And God's oh. never got, God is never going to let you just sit back and twiddle your thumbs. That's no. not how it works. He requires of us. He requires of us, and it ends up being to our own benefit and to our own fulfillment. Yeah. Um, it always will, but He does require of us, and so. Uh, you know, even people have had things prophesied over them and promised to them. But if they choose to reject it, if they choose not to go through, because we have the choice, that is what yeah. makes God so fair. And so do you want to talk about real freedom? God gave us real freedom. You know, the government, they want to talk about this and that freedom and whatever they are, whoever they think they are. They exalt themselves above the stars of God is what these people are all doing. And it's because they took God away. And then they try to say, you know, if you listen to them, they're trying to say, you know, and speaking of people calling themselves God, Yuval Noah Harari was a part of the Gilgamesh project. Oh, he was. Obama, and I found that out through Clay Clark because it was, it's Clay Clark's another person who's looking at this information. Okay. And I forgot to tell you that. And I thought of Yuval Noah Harari when I thought of that scripture <laughs> because he certainly is trying to do that. But um, yes, these people who think that they can just overcome death and then, uh, you know, they say God is dead. And then they want to make a religion and make themselves God. And I just don't believe them. And I think it is, uh, you know, some of this is truly evil and people have been overcome. And so we are responsible. So that and is, you know, it's, it comes to me while you're talking right on this, that God is, you know, if you remember in college, every once in a while, they'd give you an open book test or maybe in, in high school. And that could be good because you get to open the book. The answers are right there. You get to, and, and if you got time to do it, you can pass 100 percent on the test. But you got to open the book and it's in there. The, the answers are in there. This is like an open book test. He's telling you who the enemy is. He's telling you what the enemy is trying to do. He's telling you the back of the book says we win. But in that same open book, he tells you your part. You know, so this is an open book test. Like It's like. That's such a great analogy. I love that. That's actually perfect. 
because that is what it is. It is an open book test. Speaking of books, we have oh, one. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about uh, Kim's book here. So let's go put that, go ahead and discuss that. Let's see if it comes up here. We've uh, just done this. It is actually still in pre-order, but we, we got a collection of my dad's letters because he, you know, my dad was such a wonderful writer. He was so poetic. Just even if he wrote a little note to you, it looked beautiful. It was yeah. written well it would make you weep so we got a collection of things uh, that he'd written together it's just some beautiful things and we've called it prophetic revelations and so if you see the qr i know a lot of people don't like qr codes some people like them some don't we use them because they're just convenient but if you put your camera up to that qr code from your phone a link will pop up in your camera you just touch it and it'll take you to a link tree um uh, and I actually don't know if this is a link to you, if it's just the book right now, but you can pre-order it with a discount in there. And again, we just set this up. So you guys are the first ones seeing this. Hey, do you happen to know? Now, I know, see, I'm watching this on a desktop, so I could take my phone and put it up there. But if you're if you're watching it on a on the phone, I don't know how do you make that QR code. And it, it doesn't matter. Then what you can do is just go to houseofdestiny.org, and the information okay. is going to be on the website or kimclement.com. Both of those will take you to the same, to the House of Destiny Network. Now, while you're talking about the letters, uh, go ahead and cycle through those different graphics uh, that Donna gave us. So we've got your, you know, your Twitter account. Uh, yes, I'm, I've become active there. It's the only one I personally use, and then I just repost to the other ones. Um, so that's just how you follow the ministry. Um, okay, Facebook and Instagram right there. Go ahead right? on Facebook and Instagram. I'm praying we get to stay because we want to make sure we continue to be a light in darkness. And that place has gotten a little dark. Okay. This is the app. So if you, if you, uh, if you want to, instead of going to the website, you can go to any app store, search house of destiny, and you can download the app. You can see the little picture there with the flame and the little house. And um, it's basically a mirror of the website, but you can watch our, our broadcast stream to the app. Um, you can get to our shop. You can get to the prophecy database. And also right now we are putting together um, a new partnership program because, you know, we still had our old partners from the ones dad had set up, but we needed to clean house a little bit and, and um, up, update everything. So we're working on that right now. We've got nice, nice things going on when it comes to the prophecy database. Uh, we're going through there and just refining it and adding videos and all kinds of things. And, so that's, and that's how you follow me on Twitter. I'm at Donna Petro. You, know, you got your dad's intensity on this one. You know, you just see those. <laughs> we're we're serious about this. And I was so annoyed that day. I hate getting my picture taken. <laughs> at least I have a, a picture. So there it is. But um, there you I go. Am on Twitter and you're more likely to get a response from me there. And we're also going to start taking um, the uh, Code Breakers live onto uh, Twitter at some point. My new show I'm doing on Sundays. So we right now we broadcast to YouTube, the Kim Clement YouTube and the Kim Clement Rumble pages. So whichever one you use, you can catch me on Sundays there. And if you talk into the chat, I'm very likely to engage with you. I'm enjoying it so much. That's good. So we do plan on adding Twitter for the Code Breakers Live as well. Yeah. Why? Um, you're doing good. You've got a lot of good stuff there. Hey, Dunne, why don't you do this then? I think we've gotten through those uh, graphics. Yeah, that's, that's all of it. We've got through um, You know, your dad had talked about praying. Would you just go ahead and lead the people in prayer based yeah. on you know, everything they've seen? And Absolutely. Yeah. Father, we thank you so much for bringing us together in this, in this way 
uh, such a unique unique yeah. way was prophesied and yeah we are in it and we are so grateful for everything that you have given us mm. and all of these things even the trials that we go through we know that when we overcome that we grow and so you put us through these things yeah. and we will be better and and your voice will be heard and your promise will not be forgotten but and will not return to you void and so we thank you for bringing us together we we ask you for strength and to help us to get through this dark place that we're in but we know we know that you have promised victory and we stand on that together today in your precious name i pray amen Amen. Amen. Uh, let me tell folks what's coming on for tomorrow. Uh, Roger Stone will be with us, but it's a very unique show tomorrow on Prophets and Patriots. He had told me one time, he said, Steve, I'll do a whole show on, the, on he's got a book that says something like, uh, who killed, who killed John F. Kennedy, the case for, uh, the case against Lyndon Johnson, I think is, is the way it is. And he's going to, we're going to tape it this afternoon. It'll be on tomorrow. It's going to be really, really, really good. He's saying things on this show that you could have never said and lived, you know, a decade or two ago. You wouldn't be alive if you said the things he's saying. But, you know, he's a totally sold out to, to the Lord. Didn't you give him, uh, Kim Clements, uh, your dad's Bible? I gave him one of my dad's Bible as, as a, uh, as a birthday gift. And Roger is my friend. The man who killed Kennedy, that's what it's called. Uh, uh, Roger Stone is my friend, a very good friend of mine. And uh, he is a crucial person in all of this. Dad prophesied his name amongst all the things that he prophesied. He saw Roger Stone. And God has done an amazing thing in his life. I'm super excited to see that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be really, really good. I'm so, I'm so excited. I remember where I was hearing about it. I was eight years old, you know, and I was, I just, uh, on the day that Kennedy was shot, my dad was trying to explain to us this whole brand new thing. Of course, I didn't know how new it was because I was a kid, but I could tell he was excited about this new thing that you could watch something. It was on black and white TV back then. And this only happened, he said, this only happened three seconds ago, what you're watching. It's a thing called satellite TV. It was brand, brand, brand new. We no, there was no such thing as watching something live huh. from the east. It was brand new. You could get tape. You know, they would show something on the air later on on some of the big three networks. You know, they didn't have all these channels, but there was no such thing as watching something live like that. So I always remember, wow. You know, it was like you could tell he was so excited about this whole thing. So that's that was my introduction to satellite. You know, so. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I'd, I'd never thought of that before. That's very interesting. Yeah, you know, you'd have to live there, you know, in the, the days when, you know, anyway, it's really interesting. Dial-up phones, all that thing. So, all right. Well, listen, so good to have you, Donnie. Give our love to your Thank mom, you. Jane. We, we we love her very much. I know, I know she misses your dad a lot, but I hope these things help encourage her, too, about his legacy uh, moving onward and upward. So, all right. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you on with Roger Stone in the morning. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.